Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing. And that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's an Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. And with me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Ladies and gentlemen, just the two of us here. Marcus, I'm just trying to wonder, like, I mean, I think, I know I know our faithful listeners definitely read the episode description, this, uh, descriptions I put so much effort into. Of course, yes. At a certain point, me calling us a gang starts becoming a little bit, like, not true. A two-man I mean, gang. Wasn't there, wasn't that a tag team? Well, there was right. a wrestler was called a one-man gang. Oh, okay. But he was just a very large, fat man. Gang. That was kind of a joke. But Well, I mean, one-man gang's pretty funny, too. He was just a large, yeah, fat man. Good, good. good. Um, yeah, guys, um, no uh, no Mike this week. No Lavender Gooms. Uh, still dealing with some uh, new condo stuff. Um, the man is tired all the time. We're going to play Uno on Saturday. This man fell asleep. In the 45 minutes between me saying, let's play Uno... And the time to play Uno. So, yeah, if he's working on the apartment at you know ten o'clock at night on a Monday, I expect him to be tired on the yeah. weekends. He's probably exhausted. That's right, man. But you gotta you gotta carve out that Uno time, man. You know, if, if not, your skills just start Everyone dropping. Everyone needs a little R and R. You have to, you know, Mike. If you're listening, and you know he's not listening, if he's listening, take a break. You know, you know what buddy. it is? Mike is listening because Mike does listen to the podcast whenever he misses it. God bless him. Oh, well, um, in fairness, I've only missed like I've only missed like three of them. I listened to all three of those, so I, I can say I've done that too. Um, you guys are better than me, then. Okay, guys. Um, all right. Um, despite being called it's an amazing radio here, we're gonna lead off with some boxing talk. And I yeah. think, unless you live in under a rock, you know why we're talking about this. So Tyson Fury, the current WBC and ring heavyweight title. Holder, mm-hmm. um, that Ukrainian cat's got the rest of them, um, but universally considered the best heavyweight in the world. Tyson Fury went out there in front of his countrymen, all fucking eighty thousand of them, Marcus, at Wembley, something oh. like that. Um, okay, I didn't know it was that big, but nice. yeah, uh, against um, a, a very tough opponent, twenty and two. I, I actually listen. I'm not just talking out my ass here, folks. I've been listening to a lot of Luke Thomas's show and Brian Campbell's show, Morning Combat, so I'm learning some boxing. Dillian White. Is a hell of a fighter. Getting knocked out the way he got knocked out, damn impressive, though. Um, do you see that one hitter he got him with? Uh... Yeah. I mean, could have fooled me. Didn't look like much against Tyson Fury, yeah. which I think a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's what makes him such a great mm-hmm. talent is that he makes apparently really good boxers look really bad because, yeah, he, he he had that fight in the bag. Like, from, from round one, he was in complete control. You know immediately. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sl- slept him in the six with a, a beautiful uppercut. Uh, yeah, a great, you know, potentially retiring fight, so they say. Well, let's, I mean, we'll see about that. And um, shout out to the changes this man has made in his career, Tyson Fury, where he wasn't this level of finisher. Like, if you look at his old stuff, there was a lot of just like, his style was, you know, he wasn't trying to end fights, necessarily. Um, Uh That has since changed. Um in recent years, uh, since his, you know, recovery from many of the issues he talked about, mental health issues and all that, uh, man's really turned it around. So he wins this fight, and all of a sudden, the UFC heavyweight champion's in the ring. And um, mm-hmm. I do enjoy, by the way, Marcus, that a slang term for a, a penis is a Tory, mm-hmm. um, because that is, a, that, is a, that is a political party. That is that is their Republicans. Oh, okay. right, so when uh, Tyson Fury's asking Francis Ngannou, "Do you got a big Tory?" It's kind of funny. Not really the most appropriate time for that question. Um, Marcus, um, I know we've been talking like, "Oh, the Tyson Francis wants to fight Tyson Fury and all that," and mm-hmm. a lot of MMA fighters want to fight the boxer and get paid the big payday, right? I, I they normally don't make it into the. We don't get this far if you know a lot of times like. Mm-hmm. These guys seem serious. Like this is happening, is what the impression I'm getting right now. What do you think? 
Uh, I mean, it seems as likely as any other kind of call out or maybe even more so. But I mean, they, they, they've been talking about it for a while. So it was surprising and not surprising that Francis was, I guess, in the post fight kind of scramble. Uh, when I read it, I was like, well, you know, it, it, I didn't think that would happen necessarily like on that stage. But I'm not also surprised because they both have mentioned multiple times that they're interested in fighting each other. Uh, so I thought it was cool. We'll see what comes of it. I mean, obviously, there's lots of litigation still left to come. But the last time we got this close, you know, it and we talked about it for maybe a year, Bobby, about Floyd and, and McGregor and constantly didn't think it would happen because it was unprecedented. We mocked it the whole time because yeah, <laughs> it seemed like it would never happen. You're right. And then that that did happen. Right. So it's definitely within the realm of possibility, much more so now than it was back before that fight. Cause before the Floyd and McGregor fight, it, it seemed like an impossibility. Like UFC would never allow that to happen. And they did. So, uh, you know, well, now the UFC has got no say in it, bro. This is the thing. Potentially the UFC. No, they don't. What are they going to do? Well, I mean, he's, his contract isn't up yet. Well, he can't know. fight anyway. His contract's up at the end of the year. A man's recovering from knee surgery. Um, I mean, right. He hasn't, he hasn't resigned. He hasn't, yeah, and you know what yet. it is? So it's I, still up in the air, but it seems like he wants to do this, and if UFC doesn't want to play ball, then he has a clear exit exit strategy to go ahead and pursue this. So You know, so here's the thing. He doesn't have to do shit with the UFC. He doesn't even talk to the UFC anymore if he doesn't want to. Doesn't sound mm -hmm. like he's like that. Um, He was on Ariel's show today talking about how, first off, there's no conversation if the Tyson Fury fart fight isn't part of the, uh, the contract negotiation mm -hmm. here. And he still says there's fights he's interested in. Where he wants to fight Stipe a third time. He wants to fight John Jones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Personally, Big Fran, I don't think you need to come back. But you have nothing to prove to anybody. But um, there's going to reach a point here where, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, they, I mean, the UFC might want to recognize this is this is going to happen without them. If it does, I mean, them <laughs> being involved is not going to make this happen or not happen. Let's put it that way, it seems like. It seems like if Francis is, uh, Francis is in. So it's a matter of the Tyson Fury side. Um, there seems like a real opportunity here for them to, you know, agree to be okay with this because they can just send. They, how much they, they, they what they cleared a ton of money on that May Mayweather fight doing nothing. All they did was send Dana to the press conferences with Connor to introduce him, and then they, you know, everybody got rich. As much as you know, the UFC's printing money. I'm sure their owners are going to be like, "Hey, we can get paid for doing nothing here." Like, if we sign this guy, right? They can cut themselves, a you know, some sliver of the pie here. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that entices them to do something here? Well, I, I think their their stake in it is, I mean, you're right. If they don't sign Francis, if they don't re-sign him, and he just goes off and does this on his own, they don't get any of that piece of the pie. But in, in the very likelihood that he would not perform particularly well in that fight, given the circumstances that we know of the fight, that essentially it's going to be my understanding is a boxing fight, but they're going to use MMA gloves. Yeah. Is more that, or less that, what I've it heard. It seems like they're like ironing some of this stuff out, which I'm not sure they can even negotiate yet necessarily. Sure. Mm. So, I mean, for, for the UFC, their gamble, right, is that like, okay, yeah, if they want to sign Francis and put in the contract, okay, we're going to allow you to do this kind of hybrid event and we're going to take a cut of it. You know, in all likelihood, he's probably going to lose to Tyson Fury. You know, I, I think maybe... It, Honestly, best outcome is he somehow wins that fight. He, he lands a big shot, you know, and then that raises their stock, right? Francis stock goes way up. The UFC goes way up because now it's like, oh, this guy beat, a, you know, one of the best heavyweight boxers of all time. That seems very unlikely. I think probably their realistic best case scenario is like Francis asserts himself fairly well, whether he takes a beating, he doesn't give up. He shows a lot of heart. He garners fans with that kind of determination or something. And still loses the fight, but doesn't lose a lot of stock. It's like, okay, well, you know, he, they lose a little bit of stock because their heavyweight champion just lost in a combat sport. But, you know, given all the things around it, it was a boxing match against the best boxer. He's not really a boxer. He's a mixed martial artist. You know, I don't think they lose that much face value. But I think that's what they potentially do lose, right? If they continue to – if they sign Francis and say, okay, we're going to allow you to do the boxing match and you're still going to be our champion. You're going to defend the belt after this fight. And, and let's say, you know – Tyson Fury goes out there and, and beats him pretty handily within a couple rounds and makes Francis look not that great. It kind of diminishes their heavyweight champion, right? And I think that's potentially really all they have to lose. I uh, think in the question, outcome, Marcus, they make a lot of money. <laughs> sorry to interrupt, but uh, honest question. Mm -hmm. We're at the point now where, like, 
I don't know, we're like 10 years past, like, Randy Couture and James, James Tony, Tony, right? Yeah. We're like five years past Connor and Floyd. Mm-hmm. Nobody even brings up that Connor lost to Floyd. I do you think do you think Flo, uh, uh, he loses that much if he loses his fight? I mean, I guess if he gets trashed, like if he gets absolutely thrashed, it's a problem. Do you think do you don't think people at this point, the combat, the people who watch this shit are smart enough to be like, well, this shit's just a different sport. No, you think no, people? Are, you think we we just saw tight? We just saw uh, Woodley get knocked out by uh, uh, Jake Paul, or I'm sorry. Logan Paul? No. Jake Paul. Jake, Jake Paul. Okay. Oof, I get all, those three names. I get all kind of mixed up. But I mean, and look at it. And now everyone's like, oh, Woodley's trash. His whole career was fabricated. He fought a bunch of bums. Who's he didn't saying fight that? Legit. A lot of people. I've seen a lot of people say that. Like, oh, Woodley okay. was never that great. Because, I mean, people, everything's off the last win. So, I mean, Bobby, I for people who are in the know, yeah, it's not that big a deal. If he goes out there and fights the best, you know, heavyweight boxer of, you know, the current standing easily and loses. He's not going to lose any, you know, headway with me, but you know, the, the general public could see, they, they just see this guy's not the best guy. He's not the do baddest you, man. on. The do you planet. think they give a shit if he, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter to the UFC. Well, how's that affect the UFC? If he gets like, I don't know. I, I think, I, I think, I mean, I don't, they, I don't mean care, they, they don't care who owes any of their belts at this point. Their if, belts don't mean if anything. I, if I was running the UFC, I would want Francis to fight Tyson Fury, make a big payday and, you know, I think you can easily spin this to be like, well, yeah, he fought the best boxer in boxing. Have, you know, why isn't Tyson Fury come over to UFC and see, and see how he does? And he'll never do that because he knows he would not be able to acclimate to this sport. He would not be able to perform at the same level that he has in boxing because it's a completely different sport. Um, and that's why we don't see any of these boxers really being like, oh, I want to jump in the UFC and try that because it's like, no, you're going to get trashed. And everyone knows you're going to get trashed. And James Tony is a perfect example of that. He got you know, ankle picked and choked out within a couple minutes. And that's, what's going to happen to most of these guys or leg kicked or, you know, I mean, there's lots of things they would have to learn and much like with a UFC fighter. It's very different to go into boxing, how you train stamina, how you, you know, throw punches, picking your shots. You know, there's a lot of nuance there that takes, you know, time I- to learn. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, if I was the UFC, I'd be like, yeah, let's do this fun match. Yeah, Francis might lose. Hopefully, he asserts himself to some extent. So, you know, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll this, I haven't paid for any of these yet. Any of these fights. I almost paid. I must have paid for Tyson and uh, Deontay. Roy Jones. Uh, no, I almost Uh-oh. paid for Tyson and Deontay. The okay, second so you're one, talking I'm, about like legitimate boxing. I, I, I would pay for this. I, we paid for the last one. I mean, they got we got our money back because the pay per view fee stream failed. But we paid for Connor and oh, uh, Floyd. Sure. I would oh, happily yeah, pay was, for this. They're saying that they're saying magnitude. this dude can make forty five million. They're saying that uh, Tyson can make forty five million, right? Like, I think this like if Francis can, I mean, Francis is gonna make a lot of money on this. Let's say he makes fifteen. Like, he's yeah. not gonna sniff that with any of this other bullshit that the UFC is offering mm-hmm. him. And let me tell you, they can't stop him right now because. If Francis applies for a boxing license, that's it. He can negotiate to be a boxer. Doesn't mean he can, like, start boxing, but, like, mm-hmm. the UFC will just straight up be violating the Ali Act if they try to stop him from, you know, being involved mm-hmm. in boxing. That is a violation of the Ali Act. And the UFC really doesn't like the Ali Act. If the Ali Act was applied to MMA, the whole system, the situation's fucked, is my understanding. Um, it's interesting, man. I'm I'm excited for Francis, man. This is... I mean, I, I've been making jokes for the last few months um, about how the, I, I take my I take all my feelings back about MMA fighters making not enough money because so many of them seem to be mm-hmm. just horrible people. Um, kidding, that's obviously I'm saying that in jest, but Francis, uh, I think it was a month or two ago when he was on Ariel's show, and he's like, "You can't form a union with this. With this, it's not happening. It's not possible. There's like it's just you got to do what you can for yourself." And I'm like, well, "I get it, man." He's doing what he can for himself, you know. Mm-hmm. Nate, I mean, I, Nate do what he can for himself. He's on that career train now. Connor does what he can for himself. You do what you can for yourself because for every time you want to take a stand, there's four Cowboys Cerrone saying you'll take that fight for free. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, good for him, man. And he was on Ariel's show saying he wants to fight these people. Cool. Um, honestly, if the you, I mean, I think this is gonna be a huge fight, and the UFC is gonna want want their logo on it. I think yeah. you know they're yeah. going to make a lot. They make a lot of money on this thing, man. I think um, when the time comes for them to release him or let him go, they're going to 
have to make some kind of offer, right? And I think it would be kind of silly not to try to be a part of this because, yeah, I mean, and like we said, like I, I was giving certain outcomes, which maybe they or would be hesitant, but I think overall it's a win-win because, I mean, I, I do agree with you overall that like Francis lose to Tyson Fury in a boxing match doesn't, you know, for me, much like Woodley losing to Jake Paul, like it doesn't bring that much stock down. It's like, these are completely different sports. And I mean, look, and I think, you know, that's not a, a one-to-one comparison where we have like the lineal heavyweight champion of the world versus your heavyweight, your current heavyweight champion of the UFC. I think it's extremely intriguing, interesting. And I, I mean, the one thing I saw is like, people are saying like Tyson doesn't necessarily sell as high as Floyd does. Uh, you don't Francis. have to make that. They made, they made hundreds of millions of dollars. They don't have to make okay. that much. Okay. You don't yeah. have to if, if, if the bar is like 45 and 15, like that's I put 15 out of my ass, but like if one guy's yeah. getting 45, if, yeah. Car- if Francis can get at least 15, 20 out of this thing. Yeah, I was thinking 20 would be good. You know, but, maybe, but, yeah, like, you know maybe, not, maybe, yeah. maybe we pitch a uh, uh, fucking Endeavor another 5 to 10. You know, they jack the yeah. fee up on this pay-per-view by $10. And like, I mean, you know, they stick God this thing and they stick it in Vegas and they, you know, get it's, a huge gate. <laughs> it's a compelling fight. You know, if, if it's not Tyson Fury just completely outboxing him, if Francis can assert himself, do some damage, make it interesting, then like, then you have a potential. You know what's rematch. good about Tyson also, man? He's a, he's a showman. Yeah, he really is. Like, yeah. I he's think an he's interest- the, I, in and out of the the ring too. I think I think he has an interesting fighting style inside the ring and outside. He's yeah, he likes the spectacle. He um he's worked WWE matches before, and he's actually mm-hmm. the WWE is going to do a UK pay per view in August or July, August I think in Wales, and they're going to put like it's going to be like eighty thousand seats. And right now, the rumor is that Tyson Fury is going to wrestle uh Drew McIntyre on that thing, you know, because a Scotsman versus uh. I don't know where it's where where Fury's from. Some form of English. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he calls himself the Gypsy King, man. Doing my best. Um, yeah, he's a showman. He'll sell this fight. Francis, he'll sell the fight. I mean, you won't be able to show any highlights of him knocking people out. The UFC's not involved. Um, that that could potentially be interesting yeah. and weird. If, if the UFC's not involved and they can't use footage of Francis's, you know, most decorated knockouts i mean maybe they could get stuff outside of the ufc before you know what man they'll just have have a video of him just uh, punching nothing in the air like the ufc does when the guy's an over fighter hitting the bag or something (laughs) i mean you know you just tell you just say that you 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 gimmick a bag so like like dust comes out of it like when he hits it you know that's some special effects yeah Yeah. um i think it's gonna be uh, you uh, cool did you see them standing next to each other uh i think it's like a a picture it seemed like tyson was a little taller tyson's like six foot nine yeah, and they were kind of. I think. I think didn't Tyson say like, "Oh, you know, I weigh like two sixty five. He's two sixty five, or something like that." And I was like, "I don't think Francis is that big, like that heavy." I think I Francis think is like two forty, two fifty. That's I mean, what I thought. And maybe well, Tyson. Well, is Tyson lost some weight because Tyson was like he was a, like he was like two sixty five. I think he was for the third Deontay fight. Okay, uh, and then this one he came in twelve pounds under that. Like he got mm. some. He got like a I think like a twelve week camp. So he's in. He's in good shape. He's not a. He's not old. Like Tyson Fury is younger than me and you. Like he's no, okay. Yeah, I mean, so everybody. I mean, a lot of people are, but he's, I mean, you say those things for negotiation point and you know yada yada yada. Sure. Um, Tyson Fury, by the way, uh, can't hang out with Daniel Kinahan anymore, man. That uh, that mobster. Um, that was sure. the, that was. Did you see that? Uh, I think I sent it to you. The, the MMA fighter yeah, last we week. Watched it. It. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was news to me because I'm not familiar. Oh, with that, that guy, or Daniel Kinahan, or... Irish mobster. He's all over the boxing scene, guys, and it's uh, they all of a sudden they don't know him. They have never heard well, of him before. I mean, hey, that's <laughs> better than like <laughs> I know him. He was like a father figure. Oh, I don't God, know that anything was, about him. That, that was that, the that, best. The post fight on that that you showed me was. Was, quite hilarious and whoever that reporter was has some big cojones well the guy's writing articles about kinahan in boxing that's his thing it's like his mm-hmm. that's his categories topic i was reading some of it um anyway that was uh that's the biggest news but let's we can talk about some of the fights that happened this weekend run through this fight night that happened sure. real quick yeah um marcus jessica and Josh, still bad motherfucker huh yeah yeah this was a, a difficult fight for her she was having a hard time on the outside uh amanda was utilizing kicks really well to the leg to the head it seemed like jessica was kind of having a difficult time getting into the pocket landing shots but once she did and amanda kind of overexerted on i think it was like a a left hook she got a standing head and arm choke which is very very rare i i i I can't remember what fight i've seen it but i have seen someone finish 
the head and arm choke in a standing position, but it is, you know, Riddle had it one time standing. Matt Riddle did, but mm -hmm. I think they had to go to the ground for it to end. This mm -hmm. was just fucking standing there. Like the look on her face <laughs> when she was getting choked there was wild. Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of something Jessica, I mean, not, this particular technique isn't something we've seen from Jessica, but we've seen Jessica and Draj in a couple of fights where it seems like she's kind of getting outclassed. And that strength X factor with the when she won the belt with Rose can be a huge factor. And that's what in this fight, she seemed like she was a step behind Amanda in the stand up. It seemed like she was struggling a little bit, bit there. But once she got that opportunity and she was able to utilize, you know, that farmer S strength that she has, she's able to close the fight, you know, and that's really impressive to be able to find those small opportunities and capitalize on them as big as she has, whether it's a slam on Rose or a choke here with Amanda. You know that um that the thing where like she pulled out like she was losing a rose fight and she won it right mm -hmm. i think a lot of people me included i think i'm guilty of this too you i don't know if you were as well where we're like we're like oh well like, she was a champion but you know she pulled that shit out of her ass and then she immediately lost it to way lee like i don't mm -hmm. think she's getting the credit she deserves about how good of a fighter she is mm -hmm. like these are her losses i'm looking at okay the last let me give you the last few all right she's 21 and 9 she lost to valentina shevchenko which, unless your name is, you know, uh, Amanda Nunes, you don't got to win over her. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, she lost a split to Rose. Mm -hmm. This is after she beaten Rose. I remember how right. close that was. A, I mean, she. I think. I think she won one round. She lost the belt to Wei Lee, another excellent mm -hmm. fighter. She lost uh, a strawweight title fight back in 2017 to Joanna Champion. Okay. Mm -hmm. Those are her most recent. Her, the, the most recent loss before that was in 2015. She lost to. Uh, Raquel Pennington, okay? She does, and Raquel's not a slouch. She's not top tier, but she's not a slouch. Mm -hmm. Jessica Andrade is an excellent fighter. She's only 30 goddamn years old. She's, she she can't get another title shot. It's coming one uh, coming at some point, right? Like, she's too good not to. Yeah, I mean, when we were picking our fights last week, you know, and it's not always the most accurate way to do it, but a lot of times picking these fights is just looking at records and kind of comparing the um, the wins and losses. And yeah, I, that's exactly what I saw last week was like, okay, everyone she's lost to is or was a champion, right? Like this is top tier. And it's not to say Amanda uh, Lemos isn't of that quality or won't become of that quality at some point. But, you know, just comparing the records, it was just like Amanda's last win was a split over Angela Hill. We love Angela Hill and Angela Hill has gotten better but not quite at the level that we've seen against the, the women that Jessica lost to. So that was just me doing MMA math. But yeah, I think, I think Jessica is right up there, um, you know, uh, within title range. And, you know, I think this was a good performance for her. You know, it was a short fight. She got the submission. She didn't look, you know, invincible. It wasn't a flawless performance. But again, once she found any opportunity to capitalize to win, she took it and got it. So that's impressive. You know what it is? I think when you lose a title, a lot of times the assumption is like, oh, we're on the like, we're on the down part. We're like, we're almost done with this person. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like a lot more often than not, we're like, oh, we're almost done with this person now. They lost a lot the title. Of we're don't done get here. multiple shots. She's 30 years old. She's, she's, I, they, they don't book. Let me tell you this right now. They booked, they book her in a fight against a woman's on a, Five fight win streak, you know, in the main event of uh, these fight nights, the UFC didn't mm -hmm. book this for her to win. I'm just gonna put that out there. Not that I'm just saying they had a strong feeling one way or the other, but I think the, the thing was like, well, let's get our five and our five in a row prospect here, a shot at you know someone with a name, and we can you know give her a title shot because God mm -hmm. knows, I mean, they're pissed off enough that they have to give Cynthia uh, give a Carla a title shot in this weight class. You know what I mean? They're mm -hmm. they're looking for bodies. Um, just, I was so impressed with her. Jessica's so good. Um, yep. Clay Guida got knee barred, um, by Claudio Puyas. This man's on a five fight win streak in the lightweight division mark with three knee bars and like, how the hell he is. Like, I mean, he, I might, I mean, the name's not a kind of familiar. I'm sure I'd be mentioning before, but like that lightweight division, man. How do you I make mean, a name for yourself? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know who he was, and you know, before this fight, I didn't. Uh, but th this was a poor fight IQ, probably from Clay. Um, if he did any research on the guy, like I sure as hell didn't. He probably would have realized like this dude's a killer on the ground, <laughs> and maybe taking the fight to the ground, even though you are Clay Guida, even though that's usually how you get your victories, is just like running over guys, wrestling them to exhaustion. 
that was a bad strategy in this one. And um, you found out pretty quickly, you know, and that, that was a slick armbar. Like, this guy on the ground is butter. Like, he, he transitioned into that knee bar so quick. And Clay really didn't – I mean – with knee bars, sometimes there's a bit of setup. You have some time. I mean, we I've seen it a couple different times where someone's trying to lock up the knee bar and the other opponent has some opportunity to use their other leg to kind of break the grip. There was none of that. As soon as uh, Gladio got this sunk in, it, it was done. Um, and it really just shows like, yeah, this guy's this guy's dangerous. He's he's a force to be reckoned with. Um, and Clay was the biggest profile fight he had. You know, this is a stacked, stacked, stacked division. So on some degree, it's kind of disheartening to know that like this is what is this going to be his fifth or this is his sixth victory in a row and we don't really know who he is but he has to fight guys like clay guys that have name value and this there's a was, ton of them here this was five i think this that? was five yeah this so i mean hey this was co-main event this was clay guida i expect from now on he'll be fighting people of name value and his stock will continue to rise if he can continue to have performances like this but, you know, this was a coming out party, I think, for him. I, Clay, I'm sure he realizes that, too. Clay Guida, 40 years old. Uh, that was the last fight in his contract. Yeah. Might, Do we, might, uh, might be time. What does that mean? Time for what? Time you, for uh, him to, potentially to retire if unless he wants to continue to well, fight. Well, let, let me say this. I'm a, I'm a real, my real quick fighter note thing. Clay Guida's been in the UFC since October 2006. Mm-hmm. He's been there for he was twenty one and, and twenty and six when he showed up. He's he's been there for thirty three fights. Okay, yeah, sixteen years. My feelings on fighter pay are anybody who's been who's Clay Guida should not have to work anymore. Not saying he needs to live in luxury. Clay should have a I mean a uh, uh, Clay should have like a townhouse paid off and should be able to live. Okay, that's my I, feeling on fighter pay. Minimum. That's. I it. don't think there's probably any other sport where an athlete's probably in in that sport at the highest level for that amount of time that isn't completely financially secure, right? Like even if you're second string on some hockey team or something, if you're around, you make for, it sixteen goddamn years. <laughs> yeah, for sixteen years, you're probably set for life. And sadly, you know, I don't know. Maybe Clay is. You know, I'm sure he's garnered. I mean, when he came into the UFC, I think he might have just been coming off, you know, being Strikeforce champion. Yeah, he oh, probably, WEC. And, was it WEC? Well, he came off at WEC. Uh, that's after what, Strikeforce? Or he he lost, he lost the Strike Week. He, he won Strikeforce. Uh, two fights in Strikeforce. Won the belt, lost the belt. One fought at Shuto, surprisingly. Then WEC, then UFC. Okay. So, I mean, one would hope that he had a decent contract and one would assume after 16 years that contract might have ebbed and flowed. I mean, definitely at some points he was contender and some, you know, a lot of his career he wasn't. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not going to be surprised if he does continue to fight because I think one, he, he has that drive. I think that's just the kind of person he is. But two, it could be somewhat financial. Well, I'm gonna hope. Yeah. I'm gonna hope Clay was smart with his money up until this point yep. and made investments. He has some performance of the nights, fight of the nights, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, man has provided us with a lot of entertainment, so I don't think we're gonna see him in the UFC sure. again. I don't think bare knuckles is the right decision, Clay. I don't think he listened mm-hmm. to this podcast, yeah. but your fighting style and Clay, don't think so. I think maybe doing some of that, maybe a little, a uh, couple of those like uh, Eddie Bravo submission and underground type things, maybe get a little grappling on pay per view things. I can't imagine those things. No, I'm saying it, get, let me do them. Get like you, get, you, should, you know, sharpen the knives, man. Five, ten grand here, or there sure, for doing them. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't know, Bellator. He's forty years old. I mean, that's the thing. Like yeah. Bellator, PFL potentially could be avenues. PFL would be interesting. Name. PFL seems like they like a guy like him. I think Verdun's yeah, over but there. But it's just like you know, as a fan, it's like yeah, he's. He's given us 16 years, and look at he he has a style that doesn't always warrant him getting into wars and taking a lot of damage. But he's been in a lot of wars and he's taken a good amount of damage. Um, but we'll see. You know, hopefully, we just kind of hope that you know if he could run out into the sunset financially and doesn't Man, have to, think, to fight. I know all these people he fights still. Oh, they yeah. don't put Clay. They don't put him against people. I mean, Puyas was. I didn't. But like, the, he, I mean, he was a, he was an up and coming yeah. rookie, right? Like that's I'm kinda, looking at it, like I know name off of him. Leonardo Santos. I know him. Mark Madsen, Michael Johnson, Bobby Green, Jim Miller, yeah. BJ Penn. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the BJ Penn one happening. Um, Oliveira, goddamn champion. Lazon. He does not fight. They don't put him against people who are not like serious. Like yeah. I don't know. Maybe they give him around, man. He's one of those people. I'm gonna say this. He's one of those people who would have gotten one of those UFC 
you have to retire. We're going to give you a desk job, but you don't have to show up for it unless you're Forrest Griffin jobs. He seemed like that kind of guy to the sure. UFC. Yeah. Always one of Dana's boys. Um, all right. Um, quick hitters. I'm here in Macy Barber's back, Mark. Quick hit. What do you think? Yeah, no, she looked good. I, what I liked in this fight is she's really mixing in what she's learning from Alpha Male with the wrestling in with her heavy hitting striking. So a lot of this fight was her wrestling. A lot of it was in the clinch. But what she did in the clinch that I really liked was in the tie ups, she would basically use her right arm to grab the right arm of her opponent and trap it and then use her left arm to just throw haymakers in the clinch, like really heavy punches from the clinch. And that was probably my most impressive thing about her. Uh, she got the fight to the ground. And more, most importantly, she didn't really take any damage in this fight. It, it was a dominant fight. It was mostly contested, you know, in the clinch, not a lot of free space boxing, which I, which is what I think she kind of excels at. It makes her really exciting. But this seemed like a more evolved, measured, and smart approach for her fighting where she took very little risk, did a good amount of damage, and still made it a compelling, interesting fight, and handedly won the fight too. So I think this was an interesting wrinkle to see her mixing in clinch game and wrestling, but still able to throw those heavy shots without the risk of getting countered, which I thought was smart. I didn't know she was an alpha male. Maybe I did and I forgot. Um, who was yeah. in her corner? Uriah? I think Uriah was, yeah. And I don't remember. I think that's was. a good camp for her, though. That was a good choice. I think they'll... Team alpha male, I mean, you're not always going to become champion, but they'll get you. I mean, no, I guess that could happen, too. They'll get you... They'll get you up there, man. If you got the if you got the natural ability, they'll make sure they get a lot out of it. So Yeah, this was a good evolution of her skill set, so I was very impressed. Yeah, she was coming from uh, Rufus Sport, I guess, previously. Mm -hmm. Um... Real quick, um, Tyson Pedro, Ike Villanueva. That was rough. That was just a rough ending to a fight, man. Yeah, that Tyson, leg. Tyson looked great. I, I always liked him at light heavyweight. What did he? He didn't used to fight at heavyweight, right? I don't. I don't know don't why. Think I so. think he was fighting at heavyweight, but I don't think so. He looked great. I guess he was off for two years because um, he had some injuries, but the leg kicks chewed up uh, his opponent, and then. Right at the end of the round where he got a uh, a leg kick, basically knocked down, and his opponent was kind of sitting against the cage, he finished the show. Like, the guy was kind of done. They probably could have stopped it at that point, but there was kind of like a pause where it's like, is he going to follow up with strikes? He did. He landed one clean uppercut and knocked the guy clear out. So that was super impressive. And the other fight I did watch that I did want to mention was uh, real Lando. Quick about, real quick mm -hmm. about Tyson Pedro. Mm -hmm. I remember him. Like he was like a young guy, where like we yeah. gotta pay attention because he's still only thirty. Um, mm -hmm. he's out. He's gone four years, almost four, three, three and a half years here. I think it was some injuries. That he got hurt. About yeah, he injuries, got hurt yeah. in the middle. There was a global pandemic, and he lives in Australia. Mm -hmm. A lot yeah. of things. Um, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, the Lando fight in Charles mm -hmm. uh, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, I guess this was Lando going down to featherweight, and I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked quick. He got a takedown early on. His stand-up has always been really good. And Charles just clocked him with a beautiful, I think it was like a left straight. It was left or right straight. And then Lando tried to recover. He tried to go for a takedown. And then Charles finished him with a beautiful guillotine choke where he only used one arm. He basically Ooh. got his left arm in so deep, he did not need the other hand to kind of get that leverage. And so I think he eventually when he did finish it, he did end up you know, grasping hands and really torquing it. And Lando was in a bad way because, like, that choke was in tight, Bob, and, you know, a little levity in the fight. Lando's shorts completely off around his ankles. <laughs> like, he could not if, – if he got out of that choke, he was going to have a hard time maneuvering around because his pants were basically off. I mean, it was a little funny. He did have kind of the, the, the tights underneath, like the cup and tights. So, you know, we didn't see the goods or anything like that, thank God. But – uh it was a humorous outcome to kind of, you know, he gets choked out and then he's getting up. And he's got pulls pants up. Um, but yeah, Charles looks great. And, I, and, I, and hopefully Lando, I don't think he will take this loss super, super hard. But like he looked good. It was a second fight. It was a second fight. It was a second fight. Okay, he won a split in his okay. last one. He kind of, man, I always thought he was not a large lightweight. Like he yeah. never felt like that. He looked, I think he looked great. I thought, I thought he looked explosive um, and all that stuff. So I think featherweight's a good fit for him. And this was just... He got hit with the shot, and the guy capitalized on it. You know, what could you do? Man, time's going fast. I remember his debut fight. That was six years ago, apparently. Yeah. Um, real quick, Bellator happened. And, folks, mistakes were made because when I saw this Hawaii card, I'm like, well, 
what where where is Elena May McFarland? Bellator messed this up. Turns out there was two Hawaii cards. There was yeah. one on Friday, one on Saturday. Doubled up. One on Friday. Shout out, man. Liz Carmouche, new flyweight champion. Big fan of Liz Carmouche over here, man. She she's earned this, man. And MMA vet went out there, beat a tough Juliana Velasquez. Did you know? Did you hear about? I, I heard rumblings about like there was a bad referee call on this one, but I did not look into it at uh, all. You know what? I'm here. I'm, I'm not going to mess up my praising of Liz Carmouche because I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to okay. go with that. Okay. I was just saying um, I heard there was some sketch and they might not have to do a rematch or something. But well, you know what, man? I think we're going to get ourselves. Maybe we do a rematch and then you know, we still got to get. That's Juliana Velasquez is holding Elena May McFarland's championship there. That was her title mm, that she okay. took off of her. It was interim. Gotcha. Yeah. No, no, not interim. I mean, she beat. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so so that's. Triangle. Yeah. We might get that, that happening. This card was real thin. I remember thinking, I'm like, what? what is this? What happened? The next night, folks, we had Cyborg versus Ar- Arlene Blenko. Let me be honest. I was trying to bet on Arlene Blenko. Um, I was sold mm. on this. She went around. She got her ass whooped. Like, it was a yeah, long, it was rough. rough one. Um, Juan Archuleta is now the interim bantamweight champion, Marcus. Um, interesting because he is the training partner of the bantamweight champion. That is mm. uh, Sergio Pettis's training partner. Um, huge win for him, though. Bella, man, I mean, maybe it's just all the lighter weight classes have more guys, but like, huge win for um, Archuleta and such a deep, deep talent group. Because hell, on the other other fight, Patchy Mix with the biggest win of his ma- of his goddamn career, taking Horiguchi out while winning by decision mm. over Horiguchi. He only got five losses. Horiguchi's yeah. an excellent bantamweight. And Alina Alina May McFarland, the crowd went fucking wild, and then she lost a decision. Mm. Pretty one sided. Uh, congrats to Yancey Medeiros, though. He finally got the fight in Hawaii. Went nice. down there, beat a. I don't know Emmanuel Sanchez. I don't think was their champion, but I don't think so. I think he's he been a couple up tournaments and did all right. And yeah, he's yeah. a. Let me see. I mean, he's got. He went to the championship. He lost to. He lost to Pitbull. He got blessed with that. He lost to Pitbull twice, actually, for featherweight world title. Um, and he lost to the good pit bull, though. There's that, you know. True. Um, but UFC's got to get to Hawaii. I mean, for the love of God, and Max Holloway was a champion for like three years. What were we doing? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Are there big venues? I think they say you have a big enough venue. Do a smaller venue and just. I, I'm sorry, I've been to the goddamn Mandalay Bay where they fit eight when they were fit eight nine thousand people. Me and Mark paid out the ass to watch mm-hmm. a bunch of people fight. You go to Hawaii, I guarantee you when he's when he's governor, BJ Penn will help out. It's a bad joke. BJ Penn's ruined all the, all, all my good memories now. Um, you got Max Holloway, you had Yancey Medeiros, but you got I I don't I'm sure there's other Hawaiians in the UFC at this point. Um, yeah. What's the name of the really lanky dude that's a bantamweight down there? Um, Smoka. Smoka. Smoka's yeah. down there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we can make some stuff happen. You know, get Travis Brown out of retirement. Maybe he wants to fight. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to get to Hawaii, though. It's wild that they have that. They never went with BJ Penn, either. I mean, anyway. Yeah. Um, Lance Gibson Jr., just like pointing that out because I remember his dad. So it's kind of cool. Sons, The Suns are in that game now getting wins. He's 6-0. and Got a 30-25, 35-30-26. I didn't watch that fight, but it sounds like he murdered that dude. Yeah, so yeah, a couple ten eight. So, um, some MMA news. Let's get to that. Uh, the Triple C is coming back, and despite my pleas that he fight the featherweight champion, well, he's targeting the bantamweight champion, Marcus. Um, which mm-hmm. I, while more reasonable considering he was the champion of that weight right. class and never mm-hmm. lost that championship, just ruining all my fun. I guess maybe he thinks they definitely can't say no to me if I'm holding a belt again. Um, okay. Aljo and, and him, sure. You know, I mean, TJ's next, I guess. But either way, well, I mean, well, if you if you give up the title like that and come back within like two years, you can get a title shot. That's fine. What yeah, do you think? I mean, uh, I I kind of agree. Featherweight would have been interesting because he would have been going for being the first triple champion, and th- that has some appeal to it. But I mean, this fight makes more sense. You know, it, it is the the weight division that he retired in. Um, that he left the belt in, so it makes sense to return. And you know, Sterling is kind of an interesting matchup for him, you know, because of Sterling's you know ability on the ground. Because if it was, even if it was Peter Yan, I mean, I think it would be interesting to see him and Peter fight. But it it would be one of these things where it's like, well, 
if Cejudo can just get him down, he can probably hold him down and maybe steal some rounds there. But with Sterling, it's going to be a thing like, well, if he gets Sterling down, it's he's going to be in maybe more trouble than he would be standing up. So it's an, it's a compelling fight. Uh, and we'll see, you know, if he goes out there and beats Sterling and then calls out uh, Volkanovsky, it's going to be like, well, how do you deny that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but we'll see. Well, I mean, let's wait until all the cards are on the table. Um, I would kind of like to see him against Sterling more than than TJ. I mean, obviously, th- his first fight with TJ was was No, no, so I meant TJ. Bad. Well, TJ is supposed to be next for... Right. For Sterling, right? No, for Sterling. You think he should? We think we should. Well, if they wait, right? If if Sterling and TJ is the next one, and TJ beats him, like TJ and Cejudo, there's probably you know something to sell there. But I'm a little bit less interested. I always like to see. Why would Cejudo even do that? Cejudo's like, what? What? I beat you in 38 seconds, bitch. Yeah. What do you want me to do? And And you're you're on all the drugs. What do you want me to do? Granted, I don't. I still don't know how he got down to 125 because like that. Well, EPO. That's how he did it. Well, yeah. I guess we do know how he got down, but like I'm not. I wasn't surprised at his poor performance because of it because I think that weight cut is just insane. But I'm just not as interested in that fight. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll see how it. But like him actually getting back in there and and seeming like it's much more official than just him on Twitter kind of chirping. Is intriguing because he was a interesting talent, and you know whether you like him or hate him, a big personality. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Um, Mighty Mouse was hanging out with him too. I saw that, mm. which is funny because in the background of the picture, because Suhudo has pictures of pillows with these people he's defeated for some mm, reason. Okay. Mighty Mouse is standing there behind him. There's a picture of Mighty Mouse's face on a pillow. A little bit weird. Um, yeah, nice that everybody can be friends now. Though I don't think there's any real beef there. Um, that's what else is going on. We got uh, Dan Hooker try to accept Rafael's Dos Anjos's request to like fight somebody, and he's mm-hmm. hangman's like, uh, Dan, and Dan Hooker's like, I'll fight you. And Dan Dos Anjos says, You're coming off two losses. I'm coming off two wins. You got to be kidding me. And I was like, That's harsh. I mean, yeah, that's kind of been Hooker's thing mm. where he just he'll accept any tough fight and it hasn't been going well. So maybe maybe he should just pump the brakes a little. Um, Edmund Shabazian jumping over to Ali Abdulaziz's dominance MMA, which I thought his manager was was Ronda, the manager. I don't know. No idea. Got to get out. I mean, Ali's a terrible human being, but he'll make sure you get fifty thousand dollars from the UFC at least. So sure. Good job. Yeah. Um, but you got to get yourselves a new coach, bro. You got it. You got to do more than Edmund. Edmund not going to get you to the promised land. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, there's, I think don't, there's no other news really going on. It seems like no. That's a, more news than we've got. That's last plenty couple of weeks news. Where it's been like we're scraping the bottom of the barrel to find something. So Tyson Fury, all that stuff. I that's good. Good decent news section. Yeah, I mean, I saw. I thought I'm, I'm, the things I really enjoyed is uh, people learned that Zuckerberg. Is uh, okay. uh, check this out, man. All Zuckerberg right. is uh, only fo- he only follows 400 people, right? On okay. Instagram, all right. Okay, here are some of the ones he follows. You tell me if this is weird or not, okay? Okay, Joe Rogan, UFC, okay. Dana White, Alex Volkanovsky, Kamzat Chimeyev, Mark O. Madsen, Aljamain Sterling, Gilbert Burns, <laughs> Justin Gaethje. Aaron fucking Pico is Mark Zuckerberg one of us? I, uh, Aaron. I mean, there, there was some. <laughs> the Aaron Pico one was like Woo! Aaron Pico is like okay. Now I that's that's weird. I don't know. Maybe he's getting ready for some metaverse cross promotion. Of all those ones he picked too. Didn't know yeah, that. All right. I mean, shout, shout yeah. out to Reddit MMA. Uh, I'm really hoping none of you just, just you know. Did this for you know? Did some fake shit here, and make me look like a dumbass. But well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's possible. But... Oh, sorry, that was Reddit UFC. So, I mean, huh? Weird. I mean, I don't know. It, some as people are saying because he follows Chimeyev, Aljamain, Gilbert Burns, and Volkanovsky. This guy turned on UFC 273 and said, "I'm fucking in." Like <laughs> this, is, this is my sport. That doesn't now. explain Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico fought last week. Or two, okay, yeah, so we, think like, okay. All it these people be. fought in the last month and a half. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, and I guess we don't know how long he's Oh, been he follows following. Ariel also. 
Okay, yeah, that's not. But I mean, how long? Was this, was this all last I mean, week? Maybe he's doing some research. I mean, maybe he's just oh, he's what he's preparing. He's downloaded the UFC fan software into his robot brain. Is I, that what's going on? I mean, on? he's thinking. You know, UFC is a popular brand. Yeah. It's a brand that has been up for sale. And if I need to get my metaverse in with the you know the new you know age kids or whatever, maybe getting. I like how we just say metaverse and. Like we all know what that means. Like, Everyone knows the metaverse. It's just the metaverse. <laughs> it's just VR. It's yeah. just Second Life VR. Yeah, it's whatever, just you're playing but, the Sims, yeah, but maybe. you can see around you, buddy. Good for you. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, we babbled enough. Um, let's pick these fights and then talk about non consequential sure. stuff. UFC is back this weekend. I'm not going to tell you how bad the card is. You have eyes. Um, the main event, though, Marcus. Badass fight. Badass fight. Rob Font taking on Marlon Vera. I fucking love this fight. Um, Rob Font coming off of that loss to Jose Aldo. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, all these years, I should call the man his right name. Jose Aldo. Um, I don't remember how close that was. I honestly don't remember it. I remember it was good. I have no memory of... In my head, they just... Oh, okay. He got pretty... He got beat 5 5 0 4 one Um... Mm -hmm. Aldo's still incredible. We got Marlon uh, Marlon Vera, Marlon Chito Vera, take it, uh, coming off of ruining Frankie Edgar's face with that front kick. Just that still image was mm -hmm. gross. Um, huge win for him. Two big wins after losing to Aldo himself. A fight of the night on Davy Grant. Performance tonight over Frankie Edgar. Betting odds for this one. I don't have them up. Um, <laughs> Neither do I. I, I, I don't worry. It's one knows? fight. I got this you, baby. Kind of close. Okay, well, we we decided we're a draft or a fan duel podcast. I think sure, why not? Um, or DraftKings, whatever. Minus one forty two, Rob Font. Plus one sixteen, Marlon Barra. I don't know. Uh, Mike Mike has phoned in his pick. You know, oh, okay. I made some amazing bat line here. He said he's got Marlon Barra. He taken the underdog again. Um, Marcus, how do you feel here? What do you what are you going? Yeah, I'm leaning font, um, and it is a little bit tough coming off that loss from Jose, which I think it seemed like it was a while ago. Yeah, when was I it? December, see. not that long ago, actually. Not that long ago at all. Th these are all it, just blending together, these I, cards. I think really for me it's that I was super impressed with that last stint he had, the the four wins with Pettis, uh, Ricky Simone, who I'm, I'm actually a big fan of, uh, Marlon Moraes, and then uh, Cody Garbrandt. And then losing to Ho uh, Jose Aldo, which I mean, we've we've I've relearned multiple times that Aldo is still very much a live dog, even though I've counted him out ever since the McGregor fight. I've just never I can't get that vision out of my head that he's just not what he used to be. But he's obviously proved me wrong time and time again. Um, I just I, I, I'm leaning font just because I kind of like his style a little bit more. And Vera is kind of the opposite where I've never really got fully on board with him you know like he beat uh sean o'malley and that was definitely a fight i had a lot of eyes on but it was also kind of like a weird thing where sean got hurt um he had a great fight against uh grant but i don't honestly remember much of that fight um that and front the kick edgar to fight was what's that that was a disgusting front kick to his face yeah though. and the edgar fight was just kind of something where it's like well you know my stock of frankie edgar has dropped significantly in the last couple of years as well so it's one of these things where i think very very much is a live dog i think this well is here's the thing buddy we're also fight. talking about that we're talking about that stretch by the way i'm taking the same person you are we're taking rob bond both of us um but when you're talking about like you kind of got to like look back at some of the fights like yeah rob bond's run included two guys marlon Moraes, who retired now and Ricotti Garbrandt, who's just washed, as we like to go with. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ricky Simone was a good fight during a red Sergio Pettis. I'm, I'm again, I'm picking Rob Font. This is gonna be close. Like yeah. this is this is gonna be if it goes to decision. I'm thinking like three two maybe type thing. Um, I don't know if my man's ever gone five rounds. Um, Font, I don't think no, so. No, Vera Font did last fight. Oh, good, right, Vera. Although, yeah. Um, I don't know if Vera's ever gone five rounds. I don't and think it so. Look like it. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, Rob yeah. Bond just did it the one time. Didn't go well, but you know, he at least knows what that's like. His name has been made. I don't think this. Is, I think this is Vera's first main event, also. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, think at one point, him and Frankie were supposed to main event a fight night, and I think it got moved. That might have been. Okay. 
one of those. But sure, I mean, I would say me picking font is more of like a pick of the heart, and not necessarily like how they match up stylistically. How he's going to have advantages? I'm really not looking at this. It's mostly like I just, I just dude. Like I literally looked at this Dara. and I'm just like, I don't know. And then I saw one as a slight favorite. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's worry. That's sometimes you just do that. And well, last week you, me, me, and you picking with the sl- slight favorite paid off with Andrage. So sure, yeah. I mean, us and Chuck are going to build a little lead on Mike. Um, again, rest of this card not awesome, but our boy Arlovsky's on it. Oh my boy. Um, I got Arlovsky by split decision over this cat. I know we're not picking <laughs> yeah. a fight. I know sure. we're not picking it, but I got Arlovsky by split decision, my dude. All right. Mm, safe bet. This man has been, you know how many years he's been back now? It'll blow your goddamn mind. Seven? Seven years. Oh, okay. No, hey, sorry, yeah. no, sorry. Eight years. Eight years. In two oh, okay. months, eight years. Okay. I mean, it's eight been, goddamn it's, years. Yeah. We thought he was done when he showed up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he was already done when he showed up, we thought. <laughs> yeah. he's And he's been getting those decisions. Like you said, I think split decision is probably the most logical Way he's going to this is going to decision. No one getting knocked out. All right, you know you get up to make that sandwich. You check in when it's over. That you see what happened to this one. It's decision. Um, and I like do like the Jotko Mirshart fight. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of that's, interesting. I just, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure. I uh, look touchy feely is fun. Jared Gordon's okay. This card is, you know, again, yeah. no promotion, nothing. Yeah. It is what it is. Next week we're gonna be all sorts of hyped. Next week is woo. Next week is uh, Shogun versus uh, OSP, Mark. Shogun versus <laughs> right. OSP is on there. Next week, we're paying to view, baby. We got to put yes, some right. hard cash down. So we got, we got Chuck the... Oliveira, Justin Gaethje in, for the light heavyweight title. We got Rose Namajunas, Carla Esparza, two. Mm-hmm. Second time. We got Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson in the, come on, let Tony Ferguson still be Tony Ferguson fight. Um, and I forgot that we do. I mentioned Shogun versus OSP, two. Mm-hmm. Um and a fight that I think I mentioned a few weeks ago where I said, how has this not happened before? Donald Cerrone, Joe Lazon. Yeah. And saying these two paths haven't crossed earlier. And then but... we got, like, we got Stefan's guy, Blagoy, on the undercard. We got Royville and Matt Schnell. We got Randy Brown and Chaos Williams. We got Trinaldo jerking curtain over there on Fight Pass. Tra- we got Brian Ortega's girlfriend. Sorry, that's what I know you most for, Tracy Cortez. You know, my bad. But uh, it's, you got her on the card there. She's nine and one. I should be more respectful. I apologize for that. Should know you more than that. Um, all right, let's pick some Bellator fights because mm-hmm. we've reached that I mean, point. I'm picking a Bellator fight, but yeah, that's true. We're picking one Bellator fight, but I'll talk about the card they got here uh, real quickly. Bellator back this week uh, in Paris, France. Which let's mm-hmm. see if that affects someone's uh, pick here. Ryan Bader, Czech Congo, gonna do it again, brother. Round two, Mark. First time they did it. I don't even. I'm still not clear what happened. No contest. He said he got eye poked. Check Congo. And wasn't I, there like wasn't there like footage of the eye, of the finger not going in the eye or something? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. It's Check Congo, man. You're good for eye poking a couple nut shots every single one. Ryan Bader, um, bounced back from lose. He lost to Corey Anderson too, huh? Defended his title against Moldovsky back in January. Um, I think Ryan Bader is just going to be a heavyweight for a little bit here is what it seems like, Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, betting line for this one is we got Ryan Bader coming into this one. For the love of God, give me the betting odds. There's, I don't got betting odds. No line. They don't oh, know. no line. We got no line. On this one. Um, wow, way to go, best fight odds. You don't even count Bellator as a promotion anymore. Um, yeah, I got, uh, I got Bader here winning though. It looks like he's coming in at minus 285 to plus 210. Okay. Shout out to fightodds.io. Might be our new place after this poor performance from, uh, mm-hmm. best fight odds. Do, yeah, do we got, have Mike's pick too? Am I typing We got Mike's pick. Ryan, Mike, Mike's taking, uh, Darth Bader himself. All right. Um, did he, he changed his name, I think. At some yeah, point I don't there. think he goes by that. I didn't like Yeah. It. Uh, we all, he realized none of us were taking him seriously as being a Star Wars fan. Um, yeah, you got Ryan Bader here, right, man? I mean, look, I'm picking Chen Kong to beat anybody at this point. Yeah, from what I vaguely remember of the previous Chen Kong fight, like I think Bader was winning that fight, and I think stylistically he was he on has top of him beating his ass. Yeah, I think he has some <laughs> advantages here. Um, and I will note, you know, just for a little fun MMA math, you know, I'm looking at Chen Kong's uh, record here, and I guess Bellator has gone to France before with Chen Kong. And he did lose a decision 
to uh, Timothy Johnson. Oh, so I remember that because like it was hilarious. I thought it's not <laughs> like there's home cooking. You know, he can't he can't bank on that because it has not proven to be a factor before. So you know, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. But an interesting matchup. Uh, my theory is that that first fight is what uh, really rest up Ryan Bader because Ryan Bader was coming off of that stretch mark. Remember he won that tournament with nobody hitting him. Yeah, then he won I mean, a whole he, last tournament with nobody hitting him. Then he yeah. fought Czech Congo. Then he get knocked out by uh, Nemkov the next fight. Yeah, things fell apart a little. Things, things. I mean, he still got a belt, but you know. Yep. Czech Congo. Uh, if you, uh, when I'm looking at MMA Junkie, he says he has 46 fights, and I'm like, I don't buy it. I thought it'd be at least 60 fights at this point. Mm, but, yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about the co-main event real quickly. Yeah, boy. Melvin Manhoff's mar- coming in, Mark. Yeah. Taking on Yoel Romero. I'm legitimately wondering who's older, because it. It's going to be close because Yoel is 44 goddamn years old. Um, Melvin Manhoff is 45 goddamn years old. I know. Melvin coming into this fight, having just... They made him fight Corey Anderson. That was bullshit. Um, he lost in... This fight's bullshit, too. He lost in the second round of that one. Elbows and punches. Corey Anderson. Corey Anderson him. Yoel Romero. Haven't fought since last September where he lost a split to Phil Davis. My man hasn't won a fight since 2018. Yeah, it's been a sec. Um, we're not making picks here because um, it would clearly be Romero. But um, I kind of want to watch this. This sounds better yeah. than that main event to me. If I remember, this might be something I pull up. Um, yeah, yo, I mean, if you, like, if you like big cut men, these are going to be two big yeah. rippling yeah. slabs of meat slapping meat. Uh, this is, yeah, real big meaty men slapping meat. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> and I, you know, I mean... Melvin's best days are far behind him, you know. I mean, if you want to see what this guy was doing back in like the early two thousands, he was a fucking terror. Um, and he hasn't been that way in a while. And at forty five, you can't really expect that. And Romero, while he can swing with the best of them, he's got heavy hands. I think that wrestling background is easily what he should rely on here. I mean, Melvin is not a grappler by any stretch of the yeah, imagination. Yeah, but Romero doing that ever, huh? He, he does that yeah. shit. So I mean, except he does guys, that one like if he does that ankle pick where he just literally grabs the floor and picks the motherfucker up. I want to see that in this yeah. moment. I, I kind of foresee Melvin getting caught with you know throwing a low kick or something, and Romero just not able to stop himself from just blasting a double and getting him down, and and, and realizing then like oh, on the ground I'm just going to I'm going to drip, yeah dribble his head on the mat there yeah and, and get a, maybe a potentially a finish yeah, Melvin, there. But. Uh, I don't, people are newer fans. Uh, Melvin is. Melvin's awesome, man. I'm really happy that Mark and I actually saw him get a win, get a knockout live. We went and covered Bellator. Uh, actually, I have it in front of me. I could actually say the number, like I know what I'm talking about here. Um, Bellator 125 uh, in Fresno. We drove to Fresno and back in one day to watch Melvin Manoff be the main. Melvin Manoff was the main event too. Yeah, yeah, and um, that was awesome. He knocked out Doug Marshall, and Melvin's a legend. That was it, so yeah. that was really cool. Yeah. Um. And you know, I thought he was old then. He was that was 2014. I mean, he was. He was old. He's yeah. old. I mean, 45 is insane. You know, yeah. especially if you look at some of his losses. Like when this guy loses, it's because his consciousness gets cut from yeah. him. I mean, Bob Schreiber pounded the crap out of him. The Robbie Lawler knockout was oh, that legendary. Joe Schilling one was fucking rough. I remember the Schilling. He has one. right, yeah. So I mean, it's one of these things. Like, look, I love this guy. I'm always going to be excited to see him fight. But at 45, you have to start wondering about the ramifications. You know, I mean, he's look, not, I he's also not kickboxing love... anymore. I don't. Think I look, I'm so. looking at his record. I think on he's just doing Bellator. He hasn't done kickboxing since 2017. He's Which only is... in Bellator. That's... Which is good because I mean I you know I just think about another guy I love Gary Goodridge you know that dude was fighting well into his forties too he was doing kickboxing so he had a lot of opportunities to get you know his noodle rattled and then get eight seconds to recoup himself and just get knocked out again so you know you just you never wish that kind of stuff on these guys that have given us so much entertainment but at forty five it's like hey, all right I was Joker, thinking about on. this solution this is back to the beginning of the show Tyson Fury mm-hmm. and um, Francis. Mm-hmm. The I think the happy ground for MMA fighters and boxers is this: you go kickboxing rules. However, no kicks below the waistline. That, that's that's old school American kickboxing when they yeah. used to wear the pajamas. Yeah, that one. That's what I'm saying. You slap on some pajama pants <laughs> on those two men, and I am so. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like kind of serious. I think I, you can use whichever gloves you want. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. How much clinching can you do in kickboxing? I guess it depends which rules, huh? Uh, a lot of them you can't do a lot. I mean, I mean, Muay Thai, obviously, you can throw. But, like, K1, they had it where you couldn't, you know, do tie plums and throw knees. And then it was also you get one strike and then you have to split. I think that's interesting. Uh, and I agree with you. Like, the, the low kicks will be a boxer's downfall. We've seen it. We've seen a couple guys going. They can take one of them, and that's the end of the fucking fight. One will do it. My brother used to ask me, this was years ago, obviously, where he's like, mm-hmm. how would Floyd Mayweather do an MMA? And I'm like, well, he's 147 pounds. Jose Aldo's the champion. He'll kick him one time in the leg, and that way we'll all go home. <laughs> like, that'll be the end of the fight. Like, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's it. Um, I think that's the solution, bro. I'm just saying you guys should be able to grab some stuff. Maybe throw a knee. That's, you know, that's it. Yeah. No I, foot stomps. I'm saying, well, you, know, you know, if we get closer to that fight, we'll see how the mixed rules. Like, is there going to be any clip? You know, because maybe doesn't even kick that boxing. Yeah, this kick? last fight with Fury was. I mean, I think you saw it too. It was a little dirty. Oh, there he did everything he could to cheat. It was awesome behind the head. They were yeah. stepping on the foot. You know, I mean, Tyson Fury is not against having you know what would be considered in boxing a little bit of a dirty match and you know we'll see we'll see no i I thought the referee was was losing control of that a little bit you watch the whole thing like i thought he was losing control a little bit there like the referee fucking tried i mean he did some he i think he fucked up majorly in the fourth round where he was trying to split them and he was holding tyson's arm back and then the dude punched him in the face while he was like the referee was literally holding (laughs) him back um but i mean the referee a couple times like stopped the fight completely and basically, like, shoot out both guys, but it's like, they don't give a fuck. Like, you're not going to stop yeah. these guys. There's huge, giant men out there. It, yeah, that's, uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, yeah. Um, okay. I think we're done. Let's do stuff we like. Um, mm-hmm. I hope you have something cool. Because, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I don't even remember what I'm watching at this point. It's just like, what's on TV? I, honestly, I've been watching a lot of NBA basketball because mm-hmm. um, this time of year, so the NBA playoffs, um, Mike's not here. You got to hear it. Um, Mike's uh, NBA playoff. NBA has 30 teams. Eight teams go to the playoffs each side, each conference, east and west. So you get, you know, little tournament style. Best of, best of seven every round. So the NBA playoffs starts mid-April and ends mid-June. It's a lot of goddamn basketball. Yeah. And um, this is the first round. You'd expect a lot more one-sided matchups. Outside of like, you know, the Warriors are 3-1 on Denver. Denver shows some mm-hmm. life. And Boston, I don't know, to, might have swept Brooklyn. That's it. Everything else has been really close. And the games have been really good. Um, I don't know. It's nice to watch playoff basketball with your team in it again. I know this is going to – people are, are not Warriors fans. They think like it's a joke that I'm saying this. But um, there were all those years before we started winning when I was like – everything up until that point, I was a fan and it was miserable. So I'm still happy we're good again, man. Um, sure. they've already won. They've already won more than I could ever ask. Yeah. The Warriors winning one was enough for me. The, the sport could have ceased to exist after the Warriors won a championship. I couldn't wrap my head around it. Anything after that is gravy. Our team's good though. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, lots of basketball. Um, and uh, Atlanta, really mm. weird episode. <laughs> really good though. Um, good job. Um, yeah, this one was. I I don't know how to even describe it. Just it's a really good show, man. It's a really good show. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it for me. I, if I remember what else I fucking did, I'll chime in. What do you What do you got? Yeah, I really got fuck all to be honest with you. There hasn't really been many games, and like you, there hasn't really been even any shows. I mean, oh, I got the we... PlayStation email saying that hey, you're gonna change your PlayStation Plus. It's coming. It's official. Oh, that's I mean, happening. I, I heard they yeah they announced. They announced like an official date when they're going to be adding on the June thirteenth. Yeah, is... and they still haven't said what fucking games you're getting, which is all no. anyone cares about. So it's like I don't care when you're switching over. Like, tell me what we're going to get with our money potentially. Um, yeah, hasn't been any new games. Uh, I have played a little bit more of Tiny Tina's Wonderland with Christine, Ooh. and that's been fun. We kind of played enough to where the games kind of opened up a little bit more. So that's been entertaining. But it hasn't. I haven't put a lot of time into any games or any shows after lower decks. Um, so it's been kind of just ho-hum. I guess I'll, I'll mention, I've mentioned the YouTube channel a couple times, Easy Allies. I've been a big fan of them. They were formerly Game Trailers, and then once Game Trailers kind of went kaput, um, they started their own channel as Easy Allies, and I've been supporting them ever since. I was a huge fan of it. And the channel took a big hit a couple years ago when Kyle Bossman left, and a couple months ago, 
uh, Brandon Jones, who basically created game trailers, is kind of like, you know, the father figure of, you know, that group. Uh, also announced that he's leaving. I think he's leaving at the beginning of May, so this will be kind of his last week. Um, and it's just kind of sad. I've watched a couple different channels go through like talent changes when people leave and they bring people on. I don't think Easy Allies as like a small little company is interested in bringing on new people. So it's just kind of the talent pool has kind of shrunk. And I think some of their strongest voices were Bossman and Brandon Jones. So it's going to be a rough transition to kind of see where they come, where they go from here. But, you know, I can't, I love Brandon Jones. I'm happy that he's, you know, riding off into the sunset. I think, you know, financially, I think he's in a good spot and potentially might do something interesting after this. But it, it kind of sucks for the channel that, you know, I think two of probably like the big mainstays, the, the most interesting people um, have left. And, you know, they're going to have to kind of revitalize and kind of, you know, reformat their stuff. Um, I mean, look, I know I'm talking to no one here because, I mean, it's a very small channel. But one of my favorite people of, Easy Allies is Don Casanova, who's mostly an editor, but I think he's just like my favorite little weirdo. And hopefully he gets more camera time and they do more stuff with him because I think he has a really interesting kind of perspective um, on stuff. But yeah, it's just kind of sad, you know, and uh, another end of an era for that group. Hey, everyone, it's been a while. Uh, rally on. But yeah, that's really all I got. It's been kind of. Hey, man, they got, they got 250,000 subscribers. They're not that small. I mean, no, I mean, they, they have a niche. A niche that you know i definitely by out. the way played like three seconds of whatever video auto plays on their youtube channel while i was looking that up so someone just so people are all gonna hear it just go hey, da, da, in the background. Okay, so got, enjoy got, that got folks a little taste you got a taste man a little but taste yeah, hey, i mean you know they I, they're mostly known for reviews they do fantastic reviews and, and again and, and interesting enough brandon jones is their main vo guy like he does all their vo he did say going forward Anytime they want him to do VO, they're going to allow him to, but that's probably going to be fewer and far between. So it'll be interesting. You know, Bossman's still doing his own thing. I watch all his streams. They're fucking fantastic. Um, but there's just something kind of missing. There's something different without him part of that group. And I th I'm sure it'll be the same with Brandon. But, you know, c'est la vie. Life goes on. Update. The Brooklyn Nets have been swept by the Boston Celtics. Oh, there you go. Katie, you left us for this, huh? You left us for this, Katie. Um. All right. Um. I think that's it, folks. That is. I thought I thought this was gonna be like a really long episode because we didn't get the stuff we like no. until uh, we didn't get the stuff we like until hour into it. I know. And now we're hour. Be... It's an hour and seven minutes. There's nothing going we're... on. There, there ain't shit going on. Once a call comes out in a week, we'll talk about that maybe in a couple weeks. Uh, the Doctor Strange movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I did not know what that thing was. So I was, I got to, I wrapped around it a little bit. And then yeah. I got to okay. the talk. I'm excited for that. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to yeah. it. All right. That's, uh, that's May 7th, 6th, Cinco, yeah, whatever like Cinco de Mayo weekend after that. Eight or something. Yeah, yeah there somewhere. we go. That's what soon, it is. Soon. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. We'll see that. We'll talk about that, kids. Hell Don't yeah. worry. All of a sudden, the stuff we like is the section we can't think of stuff. It's great. Uh, very um, rarely. Very we need Mike, man. We need Mike. Oh, he'd have we some need... CW show or some he'd have anime, some anime or food or I don't know. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you all for listening so much. Uh, we really do appreciate it. We'll be back next week to preview UFC 274, whatever Four? ones that weekend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, which sounds awesome. Um, hopefully, we'll have Mike with us. If not, Mark and I will be rally on. Close baby. To co we'll be here. We'll yeah. do our best. Okay. Um, until then, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. Thank you all so much again. Peace out. See ya.